Welcome to a tale of two rivals plus one. I am Todd at FF underscore Bantaman Foster, and I'm joined by at FF underscore Spaceman Dave Wright. Gentlemen, I'm loving this recap of our draft. We had a ton of fun doing the Zoom, the Zoom, uh, the live Zoom draft. We had all kinds of analysts breaking it down. Oh, it was a ton of fun. We learned about a great, some great charities, great banter. I can't wait to finish up top talking about this draft. Oh, it was a phenomenal event, David. Your phenomenal, uh, your phenomenal commissioner and a phenomenal uh, draft organizer. But you were not a champion this week. Am I joined by another champion of this week? Yeah, you are. You have your bell of the ball at FF underscore Walrus, the only other champion for this league. And that trend I see continuing in 2020 yeah because they're gonna win a third right you know i could say that that's not gonna happen and i could say i'm gonna win my second todd but let's not get into that and let's just agree that it won't be dave it'll be you or i yeah but dave you did a fantastic job at the draft yeah we really could win one um someday we won't be that good and actually i don't know is that possible no the the league will fold and it'll start a new one with a bunch of pigeons that's fair but you've done a great job, Dave. Like, like we all we all love what you're doing for us. It's it's been great, man. Guys, you're just having fuel of fire. I mean, I'm probably you know <laughs> I was gonna go to pass out after a couple ciders tonight, but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna pull the spreadsheets out, send a couple more trade offers out. You know, it just fuels a fire. So, Dave, you're you were gonna pass out after a couple of ciders. I had it also had gin and tonic with dinner. Don't you remember middle school? <laughs> I was gonna say. I'm like, wow, man. Oh, you'd have a difficult time with that malt liquor. Um. Gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I'm getting the itch to draft more. And after our draft last week, I'm in nine leagues. I'm just thinking to myself, I might as well make it ten. Am I insane? With Am your, I insane? With your schedule, weeks? with your schedule, Todd, it'll be miserable for you. It'll be fun to do the draft, and then you're just too many pulled in too many different directions, too many trade talks, too much banter. There's no such thing. I don't want to lose There's no such thing. There's no such thing as too much banter. Kenny, mind saying? Yeah, because I think you're going to hit a point where you're going to get roster confusion, the quality I'm of your banter. There. I'm already will. there. I just go back and look. So you're just going to make it worse. The quality of your banter is going to fall off. You're going to be too overstretched. Huh? Yeah. Also, Todd, save yourself for my contract lead that I want to start up maybe next year. Ooh, talk dirty to me. Um, guys, I got to tell you, I just want to do another Devi League. Devi is king. I love it. But I'm only in one. Todd, just don't do it. Keep your nine leagues. Next thing you know, you're going to have like trades on the table that are just going to fall apart from under you, and you're not even going to know what happened. Yeah, that's true. It's true. All right, I'm going to join it, and I'm going to do it. You guys didn't convince me. All right, moving on. So, <laughs> all right. Um, our, so. Our, our reverse psychology worked perfectly, Sean. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> tip of the cap to you (laughs) all right so our last episode that we finished recording 20 minutes ago um we did the first round we decided that to make most sense to kind of you know split it up and we're gonna go in we're gonna go through the second round of our super flex rookie draft um and then we're gonna kind of just touch upon some of the third and fourth round picks talk about value some sleepers there but um yeah, I mean, we had a ton of fun. Uh, Dave put together a phenomenal Zoom draft, like he said. We all were in there. He had, like, analysts coming on and, like, 
you know, doing like, you know, prospects videos. So, so Todd, just to give a highlight of a couple of videos. So, uh, Gabe, Gabe Gearing from the Open Bar podcast, he did a rap for Denzel Mims that was, that, that was phenomenal. Lyrics. That was phenomenal. Blew me away. He played it on the open bar this week. Phenomenal time. Uh, J. Mike also gave an excellent video with highlights. Broke it down with some great graphics. Uh, great job, J. Mike, with Justin Jefferson. And then also, I really because we also everyone knows that we have Father Bernard, who's a monk in this in this in our league. And I really enjoyed um, Pete Overzet talking about having comparing uh, Henry Ruggs to having sex without a condom on. Um, with Father Bernard watching. So yes. that was perfect. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, Father V also came back with a hoodie on with a backdrop of being a Sith Lord, which was just bonkers. That was fantastic. I just absolutely loved it. Um, so, yeah. All right. So let's jump into it, gentlemen. Um, second round. So at 201, we had Henry Luggs. At 202, we had Keyshawn Vaughn. At 203, we had Brandon Ayuk. At 204, we had Michael Pittman. At 205, we had Brian Edwards. And at 206, we had Chenault. So, gentlemen, that were the... Oh, actually, you know what? And at at 207, we had A.J. Dillon. And at 208, we had Denzel Mims. So... First thought is, Brandon Ayuk. We've talked about him a lot. Brandon Ayuk went at the 203 spot. Do we think that that was too early, right, just about right, or was it a steal? Sean, let's start with you. And we, Sean, before you say anything, 203 for us is also 204 because we have an extra pick in there. So, two, he's, so 203, 204. Too early. Way too early. I get, I get the appeal. He's he's a talented receiver, but you know his landing spot wasn't nearly as good as some of these other guys. He's not as talented as some of these other guys, and I think he there's a lot to be left on the table here if you're taking him that high. Give me Mims there all day. I'd take Chenault over Ayuk. I'd take Pittman. Could see the argument for Edwards, but I'd probably hesitate a little bit on that one. But I think there's just a lot left on the table here. You're talking about a guy in an offense that made its bones go into the Super Bowl on the run game. They're not going to change that now. They have Kittle. They have Debo. Jimmy G is not going to be the Jimmy G of last year. What are you hanging on here for? And I think it's just it's too much. It's too early. You could have done a lot better here. He should be falling to the back end of the second round. David? Yeah, so the thing with Ayuk is is that you can look at this from one of two different two different ways. Is that you're getting at 203, you're getting a first round NFL wide receiver. Uh, he was definitely a target of Shanahan, who everyone likes to placate as one of the best coaches in the NFL. Such a great coach, blah blah blah, great offensive mind, blah blah blah. So you get him, but then on the flip side, you look and you say, eh, you could really say that Ayuk. Profiles is a typical first-round wide receiver bust. He's the third option at best in the receiving game, uh, in the receiving chops with, uh, as Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. So, I under, I, mean, I don't think it's egregious to go Ayuk here. 
but I would much rather have a lot of other wide receivers and other players over IU. But I think there's two sides of this coin, but I lean uh, definitely no go with IU. So with IU for me, like it was just way too early. Like I, I'm in the similar boat. It, it's a low pass, heavy offense. It, it was a guy I wasn't really that high on to begin with. Um, there's tons of guys I would have taken over him. There's at least at least six guys I would have taken over him at that point. However, there's a there is a reality where he ends up being a good value at that spot. The draft capital is there. He's a good athlete. Uh, but I think the one thing that Dave pointed out perfectly is is that in the pecking order, he's not getting past the number three option on that team. You know, Debo and Kittle have that sewed up. You know, so to me, like I wouldn't have done that pick. Uh, but at the same time, like it could pan out. You know, I just felt like Ayuk was way too early. In so, a lot of in a lot of leagues, Todd, when he's going at the like the two ten two eleven. That's when I start getting excited about Ayuk. I'm like, oh my gosh, this like I'm not. I don't even like right. him. But then I just like that kind of value. I start getting excited for. Yeah, and at two twelve, I I would have been very excited for the pick in our league, and we'll talk about that soon. So, so now like okay, we obviously all have feelings in Ayuk. Now, I would say any of these four wide receivers, I would take over Ayuk, and that would be Edwards, Mims. Pittman and Chenault. Now, out of those four guys, which one are you highest on? Dave, who are you highest on out of that group? So I'm highest on Edwards, and I think that's contrarian. But just Edwards has the complete profile that I've talked about many times. And I just, there's a, even though I like Ruggs, there is a reality where Ruggs is a better NFL player than fantasy, or better NFL player than fantasy wide receiver. And Edwards is, becomes a underneath target hog possession type wide receiver. So I really like Edwards a lot. Sean, what about you? Out of those four, who do you, who do you like? I got Mims all day. I think as we look back at this draft after this year, he's going to be up there in the top couple of receivers who really popped in their rookie year. The landing spot, you know, you, you don't have to get me started on Adam Gase and what that does to a fantasy player, but... The fact of the matter is it's just it's too juicy. There's nobody else there. It's going to be Mims all day. And I think we've seen, you know, with A.J. Brown, with Terry McLaurin, you can go to an uninspired landing spot, but as long as you're the top dog, you can really still be pretty fancy relevant. Yeah, for me, like, Mims is at the bottom for me, and it's all about just being attached to that Jets offense. I just want nothing to do with it. I was super high on Mims. There are two teams, like, anytime I'm in fantasy in any format, there are just certain teams that stay away from. There's usually two to three. My two right now are the Jets and the Redskins. Just want nothing to do with them, you know? Um, so, with that said, with Miz being my four, Chenault is actually my one. And the reason Chenault's my one is that, at this point, I'm all about boom boss, man. And I think if anybody has the highest ceiling, it's Chenault. The guy is a freaking cannonball with the ball in his hands. He's just going to barrel through people. He's a phenomenal athlete. It's like literally throwing the ball to a running back 15 yards down the field and then just watching what he can do after the catch. If a guy can do something special after the catch, that's a good fantasy player. So I'm really big on Chenault. And then 
it's pretty much a toss-up between Pittman and uh, Edwards. I think I like Edmer's, Edwards more, but I like Pittman's situation a little bit more. So it's kind of like that's even to me, but I'd probably slightly give the edge to Pittman over Edwards. But I'm that guy. It, now, if you polled enough people, if you did a poll on this on Twitter right now, I bet you Chenault's going to finish fourth, and that's the guy that I'm going to put one. You know what's interesting, Todd, is that I felt the same way as you. Like, analytically, the way I broke it down for me, Pittman came out ahead. And then also factoring landing spot and draft capital. Pittman uh, just was the was the top out of these. But my heart, when it came down to it, because I had this choice in a draft. I was at 204 in a Superflex draft in an off-the-rails dynasty league. And I was like, you know what? I have Pittman ranked higher. I don't care. I'm taking Edwards. I like him more. I'm not in a ton of league. I don't, I mean, I'm in like seven leagues or so, but only two dynasty leagues. I want my guy. And I thought this might be the only chance I had him. So I'll take Edwards, even though I might have him ranked higher in my ranks, but it's not anymore. My heart showed, this is when we talked about this last episode about, is there a guy when you're on the clock, uh, in mock drafts or in other drafts, I was like, you know what? My heart's telling me I want Edwards here. It's going to be more fun to root for. And I'd hate to say that I took Pittman because I overthought it and I didn't go with my gut where I thought I wanted Edwards. So, Yeah, so I haven't done a tangent in a while, which I just kind of fill in when I feel like just talking, you know? And my last tangent was like, get your guy, you know? Like, that's my thing. We're going to sit here. You're going to listen to us and like, you should like, we hope that some of this helps you. But outside of the first round, just get your guy, you know? Like, if you're high on somebody, just go for it. Because what's going to happen is you're going to go listen to a million podcasts, read a bunch of read a bunch of rankings, then you're going to change your mind, and then the guy that you're going to take blows up, and you're like, I should have trusted myself, you know? And, like, it's your team, man. It's part of the fun of it. So go get your guy. On that sense, if I had the 206, my guy would have been Chenault, and I was blown away that Dave actually took him. I was blown away that Dave took Chanel. I mean, granted, I didn't have a second-round pick, so that was fine. I was more just saying if I were in that position, I would have been doing backflips if Chanel was there. I'm like, Dave's not taking him. He's going to take Mims. And then, sure enough, Dave took Chanel. So let's set the stage here. Part of the fun of our draft was is we're all on Zoom, right? And I'm, you know, I mute my mic. I'm on the phone. Ben's on the clock. And we're on the phone. Everyone thought that I was pretending to be on the phone for that entire time. I could hear everyone talking in the draft like, oh, Dave's not really in a trade negotiation. He's just doing that. And I was sitting there. And so in our league where we say we, you know, we have five, start five wide receivers at Superflex League, start three running backs. There's an extra flex too. But, and there's also tight end premium on top of being two tight ends. So there's a 0.5 PPR for tight end premium. But... So tight ends are uber, uber important in this league. They're overpowered. So I traded Mike Kosicki for Gerald Everett and the 206. So I was, I love Gusecki. I think he's a great value here, but that new Changeli offense, people are starting to whisper about Changeli doesn't use uh, tight ends very much, even though Gusecki's more of a slot type wide receiver for a lot. Uh, that got to me a little bit, and I just thought this was a good time to, to get out from Gusecki, who was my third tight end at the time, to go down to Gerald Everett, who I'm high on, and then have a chance at Chenault over Mims. And I'm shocked. I Todd, I'm I'm also shocked. I I this was one of those times where people like <clears throat> are there's a lot of people who watch a lot of film and they just really like Chenault. He's really good at separating from man coverage, and everything that you said, Todd, 
was high up there. And I, I think Mims is a good player. I'm worried about his age. You know, this COVID situation, say this year's a wash for a lot of rookies. He's going to be 24 years old in 2021. You know, that's getting up. The, like you're losing a lot of that. He's That's getting up there for age as far as like a guy who's never performed in the field before. So, yeah, I'll take the risk of Chenault in that uh, Jay Gruden offense in the Jags. I think you could see a lot in Chenault there. So I was excited to do it. I'm glad Todd had that reaction and he approved of the deal. So, or the yeah. pick. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, about that deal is I, I actually thought that was a great deal for both sides. I, I actually was really high on uh, Mike Gusecki, and I think that he's a guy that has tight end one potential, and I'm not just saying that because we've been saying that since, like, you know, he came out and he had that profile, but, like, I, I actually think he showed some flashes last year, and I think that this is going to be a big bust-out year, but I think that it was an incredibly even trade, and I think that, what Dave got back was he got a tight end three when he's a contender, and then he went out and got another very good wide receiver that could be, at the very least this year, his wide receiver five, who has an unbelievable ceiling for what we've already talked about. But the guy who got him, Ben is a rebuilding team, got Gusecki, and we're in a tight end premium. That was a great piece. I like those pieces. I like what Ben got back in Gusecki more than Chenault and Everett for him. So I actually like that trade for both sides a lot. So, um, John, do you have anything else about Sonal? I think if he can stay healthy, he's a home run. But Absolutely. him staying healthy, he he couldn't make it through training for the draft. You know, it's just it's too big of a question mark on a team that already has enough question marks. So for out of those four, he's falling down to third for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of like. Once you start talking about health when you're in this range, that's where I start saying to myself, I'm like, I just want the best talent in that part. That's not on the Jets. <laughs> so um, that's re- like I hated Mim's landing spot so much that I will just be happy to say, yeah, I hated it and I got burned. I'm so fine with it. He does have that gunslinger QB. So like we've been really down on Mims in this podcast just as for the devil i have not been down on mims i've been down on mims landing to the jets yeah i like jets pre-draft a lot yeah so just the i just to say about mims is that he makes some crazy catches where he he does he contested he goes up and gets it some highlight reel plays i i was you know in gabe's video he had his rap over uh mims highlight video and i was seeing some of those catches like oh i might regret to it not taking mims here with some of these <clears throat> and with the, you know his analytical profile but so i think there is people to some upside with mims so not that just to give all just totally poop on this entire podcast yeah so uh to round out the second round at uh 209 we had zach moss at 210 we had anthony mcfarlane at 211, we had Antonio Gibson. And then to end the second round, at 212, we had Jordan Love. So now this is where we start seeing that second, that third tier rookie running back run. So what we're looking at is Dylan Moss, McFarlane, all go in the second round with Gibson. So then in the third round, it's when you see Evans and Kelly start going. And Bowden goes at the end of the third. So, gentlemen, out of this third tier of running backs, who do we feel is the best value 
and the best bet to be a relevant fantasy player in 2020 and then beyond. Sean, who are you liking out of those backs? Uh, Zach Moss. You know, I think he just has the clearest path to touches this year. Um, you know, A.J. Dillon's getting all, all the hype coming in. What does that mean for Aaron Jones? But this is a team that also was trying to force-feed Jamal Williams the ball, and Jamal Williams isn't good. So I think, if anything, this is more of an implication for him. But yep. I don't see him being as relevant as Zach Moss. You know, Singletary was great last year, but I think Buffalo has pretty publicly been saying they're looking for a compliment to him. So I think him going at the 2-9, which would be the 2-8 in regular drafts, is great value there. You can't go wrong with that. I think McFarland is interesting long-term because I don't really believe in anybody in that Pittsburgh backfield at the moment. But it's Moss all day for me. What about you, Dave? So I think, you know, out of this, out of, I like all of, I think it's just one of those things is like, good job taking these running backs, except for AJ Dillon. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was high on AJ Dillon at one point. I, I, I believed in the, the analytics of his, you know, high adjusted speed score, draft capital, everything that Green Bay was saying about him. Bye bye, Aaron Jones, blah, 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 blah. However, you know, Derrick Henry reincarnated, what, whatever. And then I saw, a, I'm, not, I'm being kind of flippant here. I saw his highlight video and I thought, this is your highlight video. There is nothing inspiring on here that I've seen. And I, and I, I you know, I, I make a lot of jokes about, you know, not watching the tape and stuff, but I've watched a lot of football in my time and I saw nothing special about him at all. And so that's a totally out of character. This thing it was like totally turned off by AJ Dillon. However, Zach Moss to me is a very interesting because I think there's a good chance that he can beat out Singletary because Singletary, yes, he had the, a lot of opportunity, but I didn't like his profile uh, overall. And Zach Moss was injured that that might have made his 40 time a little slower and his vertical jump uh, not as impressive as it could have been. So if that, he really did have an injury and they weren't just saying that, man, that could be a steal getting Zach Moss there who, you know, uh, PFF loves Zach Moss. There's a lot of people who love Zach Moss. So getting him at that point and having a relatively clear path, that's exciting. But I also love Darrington Evans-Todd. You had a great pick there. I love Joshua Kelly, too. Those are all players who I think could get picks here. So this is, we talked about this pre-draft. These running backs, this is, I'd rather swing at these running backs. And this is what our, our league did. We took the running backs and we and we let those secondary or those, those third-tier wide receivers fall, which is perfect. That's exactly what you want to happen. So for me, um, I have to say that I'm going to go against both you guys, and I'm going to say easily Dylan's my top. And it's not even close for me, honestly, because, one, Dave talks about watching film. Now, I've actually seen A.J. Dylan play live at two levels. I saw him play in high school, and I saw him play in college. Like, And the guy is a physical specimen. He is a phenomenal athlete. But the number one thing that I think about when I think about A.J. Dylan is that he has a running style that makes me feel like it's going to translate easier to the NFL than others. You, He's a physical, downhill, strong runner. He's essentially a linebacker who's insanely fast and knows how to run the football. I like that. And now the other reason I like that is, is that Aaron Jones' contract's up next year. So if I'm in a rookie draft, and I'm looking at that, and I'm saying to myself, there's a very good possibility that the Packers are not going to pay top dollar for a running back. 
Could AJ Dillon be the starter in 2021? Absolutely, he could be. Absolutely. And then you look at who led the NFL in rushing. Derrick Henry. I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, but he's a very similar kind of player in the rushing style. So those kind of players could definitely translate. And, I mean, the combine you can't ignore. He was incredibly productive at BC. He was great at Lawrence Academy. Even my wife was impressed. You know, I'm hearing he actually, that. I'm mean, hearing this bias just seep through time. Yeah, right now. I'm just saying, man. I mean, like, I mean, he went to high school ten minutes from my house. Of course, I went to go see him play. You know, so he actually committed to Michigan before he went to the BC. So I was like, I gotta go see this kid's going to Michigan. So, I mean, for me, man, like, and honestly, like, when it came to AJ Dillon, like, I was lower in the combine. Got me thinking. It was the landing spot that really got me really excited. So. A.J. Dillon was by far my top guy there. And then I'm actually, after that, I'm with Sean with Moss. And then my next guy was Evans. And I was feverishly trying to trade up for, for Dillon. And didn't happen. And my brother got him. And he boasted a little bit too much about a second-round draft pick. Um, no, that's a bias. That is not. I'm not the biased one. That would be my brother. And Mike started singing Fly, Eagle, Fly. I'm like, you didn't even go to BC. Like, relax. You know? Um... But yeah, so Dylan was by far my top, man. But I would say that Moss is definitely my second for sure. Um, the Could, one guy... Right, can I ask Sean a question real quick, Todd? Fine, go ahead. Todd, I mean, Sean, uh, who do you think, ha- in the NFL's perspective, who had the worst draft in the NFL? It's the Packers. So I'm glad that Todd's putting all this faith in the Packers' decision-making. I'm not putting, like, <laughs> I mean, they can have bad drafts. I don't care about them being competitive in actual football but in fantasy i see them being like a train wreck so okay you put a second round draft pick in a running back and you have your star running back on a contract this year are you trying to tell me that you're going to spend that pick so you can spend money on your starting running back no you're not you're not he's either going to get franchise tagged and then he's going to walk after next year and then aj Dillon has a path to being a an rb1 and he's a durable kind of a runner so Crap on the Packers all you do for the draft because it was a terrible draft. But I don't care about that. That's real football. I'm talking fantasy right now. So, Dave, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. And not to mention, on top of that, best value in this in this, in this this round, Jordan Love, hands down. Best pick of this round. You guys are absolutely just all over the Packers draft, as you should be. They had the worst draft in the, it, by far. But at the same time, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Change is coming. It's going to happen. And to a certain degree, I kind of support it. You know? Jordan Love was picked in the first round. He's a QB. It's a super flex format. And he went at the end of the second round in our rookie draft at 212. J-Pal knocked it out of the park. There was no business with him being at the end of the second round. Jordan Love is easily the best value in our draft, period. Sean, best value in the second round? Denzel Mims. Going in 2-8. On the succubus. Yeah, still, still the best value. Okay. Over a guy who was a who had more draft capital and as a more, a better point producing position. Okay. Dave. So this is guys, this is, 
I'm going to take a second here. I thought about this for a little while. Uh, you thought about for a while, but you need a second? You thought about it for a while, but you need yeah, a second. I know. I, well, I just need to prepare myself to, to go on the record with saying this, but Put your Josh Allen up. is a better quarterback than Jordan Love. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. A powerful statement. Wow. <laughs> so you know what that means? That just because Dave said that, Jordan Love is going to be a top six QB in fantasy. <laughs> that is the right effect, gentlemen. All right. Did Jordan Love works. is going to be a top six. QB. Go out and buy him now. Dave hates him. He's going to be a great QB. Whatever Dave thinks about QB, the opposite happens. Go That's ahead. true. That is true. Um, <laughs> no, I can't deny it. I'm like, it's, it's totally true. So you walked into that, dude. No, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm totally embracing it. But I'm just going to say that Jordan Love is, I cannot believe he went in the first round. And I am so happy from LaFleur. You get what you deserve for killing Mariota uh, and Corey Davis. So <laughs> thank you very much. Enjoy Jordan Love. And I can't wait till you. Well, actually, let me first ask. I hope your family's stable and safe and all that stuff out there. But I cannot wait till you lose your job. <laughs> He's not listening, Dave. It's all good. What was the best value second round for you, man? Mims. I can't believe he went that late. I, I still can't believe I took Chanel over him. And I'm not saying I shouldn't have, but Mims... Great job, man. Like, there's upside where Mims could be, he could be end up being a first 2020, like next year he could be worth 2021 first round draft pick. Who knows? So, two votes for Mims and one for Jordan. And just because we have a casual listener here in our league for that, J-Pal had both those guys. So, he had a great second round. We also had Pittman in that round. So, that's a great second round for him. Um, he wanted to come on and talk about us talking crap about him. I don't care. You're not coming on. So, um... Yeah. So, Todd, everyone thinks that we're rivals, but, and honestly, you and J-Pow are more rival, traditionally rivals than us, so... J-Pow and I have, little, a, have a long history of rivalry when it comes to fantasy. Long so rivalry. It's a little peek behind so, the curtain for everyone else. Yeah, it's not much of a rivalry in this week, because I kick his kick his ass all the time, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you know, he had, he had a nice draft. It was cute. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he can, when he's ready to join the big boys, I'll be waiting. So, um, all right, so... I'm not going to read through, um, you know, the third and the fourth, you know. I just want to see if you guys want to kind of highlight a few things. So, for me, I'm actually, I will start because I want to do a little bragging here. Um, I actually was trying to trade up into the end of the second round to get Evans or Bowden. Like, that's how much I wanted them. And I got them both in the third. And I was extolled. So, I got um, Evans at 304. And I got Bowden at 312. Like, the fact that Bowden went 312 was just nuts. So, how do you guys feel about Evans at 304 and Bowden at 312? I'll start with Dave. So, starting at 305, I think I tried to trade up for... I was trying to trade up for Bowden starting at 305. And I just did not have the ammo to get the 305. I didn't have any of those picks. Didn't have the ammo to get it. To get the trade done. And of course the trade goes to Todd at 312. Bowden steal the round. Uh, well, actually, yeah. There's another pick that I like a lot too, but 312 Bowden, phenomenal pick. Like we he I loved him as a wide receiver prospect. Interesting how he will work as a running back. Uh, and what the John Gruden's going to do there. Uh, but, yeah, so it'll be a uh, great job, Todd. I think he's going to do both, personally. Like, everyone's so perseverating on, like, what he's listed as. He's going to play both. 
Sean, Evans and Bowden, how did you feel? Evans at 3-4 is great. Todd, um, Derrick Henry's lack of passing game acumen is legendary at this point. So he really has a good opportunity to go in there and carve himself out something great. And then, you know, beyond this year, who knows where Henry will be. So exactly that, that could be a sneaky late round pick that ends up landing you a starting running back in a run heavy offense in 2021, which is always fantastic. Bowden at 312, I'm not nearly as high on him as you guys are. I think he's going to be a hell of a player for reality, and it's not going to really translate to fantasy. So 312, fine, fine. Um, The only other one really in there in that stretch that interests me is Antonio Gandy-Golden at 310 just because Washington doesn't have a second pass catcher right now. Yeah, so I actually tried to trade into the 302 to get uh evans and i offered up emmanuel samuels and um who emmanuel sanders oh i said samuels tonight (laughs) emmanuel sanders my bad emmanuel sanders thank you and um and then chase claypool goes and then um the guy who was trading with me goes like who'd you rather have claypool or sanders i'm like sanders all day there's at least three other guys on the board i'd rather have in that position than claypool and then at 310, he goes and takes AAG, and I, I goes AGG, and I go, Jeff, that's a great pick, man. <laughs> I was like, that's why I would have taken it at 302. So um, if you wanted a wide receiver, like, that's early like, third round, great pick. Like, I, I love AGG so much. He's small school, big player. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah, Dave, AGG? So I had AGG ranked very high throughout the process. And then I did a mock draft with the Fantasy 40 crew uh, with DFF Walk and John Debari and Scott uh, Scott Connor. We had a great time. Madman, Dynasty Madman. And I I took Antonio Guinea Golden in the middle of the third round. And, and everyone kind of was like, oh, oh. And I could have gotten him much later. So getting him at 310, that's Great. I think that's the value you need for Antonio Kenny Golden. And this 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 uh, chatter about Kelvin Harmon possibly becoming a tight end, a move tight end. That does that put like then you got Steven Sims and Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gandy Golden. That's a not terrible situation for ADG. So yeah, I, I think that's a great pick for a guy who I think is getting a little bit too beat up about the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I, I I think he's the kind of player that could like really emerge as easily as the wide receiver two upside. I could see him be wide receiver one on that team. You know, like I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities. So like I I thought it was a great pick. Um, I've been high on him. I'm trying to trade for him in like Debbie week forever. I, the only reason I didn't really want him is that like I'm just running back desperate. You know, so so guys, third round, best value, worst value. Um, let's start with best value, Dave. Uh, best value for me was Jalen Hurts. He went 308 in a super flex uh, with his rushing upside, Carson Wentz injury history, and he had decent draft capital. I mean, everyone was shocked that he went there that high to Philadelphia. Such and a weird pick. Such a weird pick. But, I mean, if Todd, if you're this excited about Jordan Love, who I think Jalen Hurts is a much better quarterback than Jordan Love, uh, couldn't and I mean, Aaron, wouldn't you? Wasn't Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback than okay than Wentz? So Aaron Rodgers could be Carson Wentz's father. 
That's the age difference. So, hey, I just remember when, Todd, last year at this time, or maybe a year and a half ago at this time, you were telling me how Aaron Rodgers was the the QB one in Dynasty. So, so let's uh, just, just take a second here and just we revel can in go back how... and find that tape. Thank you very much. <laughs> I said so... that that is putting words in my mouth. I don't know about that. Moving on from Dave and his uh, two ciders, uh, Kennedy. Yeah, I like Hertz there at eleven. That's a good pick. Um, you know, and I think value wise, that's that's really great. Josh Kelly is a pretty interesting one too, going in the middle of the round right there you know his path to production to playing time is not overly complicated he's a pretty good prospect um but i think ultimately it's hurts that's just an interesting little tease with kelly um i mean my one and my two are my picks with evans and bowden like evans at 104 i mean 304 with henry possibly moving on and i think the four with evans is a receiving back in there and also he's just an explosive athlete he's a great player um, so I thought that was a great pick. I think Bowden at 312 was great value. AGG was great value. But another guy that I really liked at this was, um, you guys keep going hurts. I'm going to go right to Jacob Eason at 303. Um, I really liked that pick. I think that with, you know, Phil River signing a one-year deal, he's in a good situation with, um, what's around him. It's a dome team that does not hurt on young quarterback. Um, but the other thing, too, is, like, he actually was a very productive player at Georgia as a freshman. He didn't do a lot at Washington. And if he can come out and prove something, he's going to actually have a situation where he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL in a year or two. And and behind a great offensive line. And his path to starting is a lot easier than Hurts. I hated Hurts' landing spot more than anybody else's, and that bothers me. Or otherwise, like, if Hurts landed somewhere well, he probably would have been a first-round pick easily. And there's a reason why he ended in the end of the third round. But, you know, I'm not going to hate anybody liking Hurts there, too, because I'm just so upset about the landing spot. It's that rushing, Todd. The landing spot stinks, but that rushing in fantasy, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't care what the rushing is if he's not going to touch the football. You know? He has to win a job. And, like... He's what... He's what Saints fans want Taysom Hill to be. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's for <laughs> That's for saying there. What do you guys think was the? I mean, I hate I hate to say, but like, what was the like the biggest reach of this round? So for me, I'll start. I thought Adam Trotman going at three hundred five uh, to J Pal. You know, Saints guy. I actually my top tight end one. I just thought that Joshua Kelly was still available, Hertz was still available, Hamill was still available, AGG was still available, Bowden was still available, and even Komet, who is a good tight end, I thought was still available. So for me, Topman was my my biggest reach. Gents? I think any of those tight ends that went right there are a huge reach. You know, I think they all could have fallen. There's a lot of guys here you could have done yeah. better with afterwards. But I think the biggest reach is right up there at the top. Van Jefferson at 301. <laughs> we all had reaction to that one. Yeah. yeah, live. Because remember, it was the end of the night because we only did the first two rounds live and we're all tired. And then we're like, Jared's like, yeah, Van Jefferson. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. And well, yep. The, the drinks have been flowing. Yeah. Yeah. I think anybody... Most of the people who went in the third could have been better up there at the 301. Uh, Dave? So, 
my worst value is probably Jacob Eason. <laughs> Fair. I can't stand him. I can't. I think he's. I think he's a poor man's version of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they're not even remotely the same I, player. They're I think not they're even both like, vanilla. Like if you watch any film on them, they're not even close to the same I, player. I'm saying the type of thing they they not saying the type. I'm just saying how they project to be is just vanilla. They don't. They don't stand out. Like okay, you're a good backup quarterback, and also too, Todd. That's if, if you've seen the Colts talking a lot about Rivers' future, he's going to play. There's talk now saying he's going to play two or three more years. Yeah, we'll see if he's with them. It's a one year contract, you know. So we'll we'll just see how that works out. You know, Philip Rivers exactly isn't exactly the. Uh, well, actually, you know, he was pretty loyal with the Chargers. He's just he's a crazy dude. He's a crazy dude. You can have that many kids and not be crazy. So they keep um, him young, Todd. They keep him young. I'm sure. <laughs> I got one, and I can only imagine. So um, that's right, why so. he had to move his family to Florida and then get a job in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the only birth control they could actually use. It's 1,100 miles. <laughs> Saucy. Uh, fourth round. Do you guys see anybody that was like a big sleeper for you? I'll start with Sean. Um, not, you know, I, I wouldn't say sleeper by any means, but there's a couple of guys off the board that I really like there and Tyler Johnson, Devin Duvernay, Quintez Cephas, Quez Watkins. You know, I think those are all, those are all good picks for the fourth. Those are great dart throws to be making. All of those guys have some talent. They can all do some really specific things pretty well. And with the exception of Johnson, you know, they all have a pretty clear path to the field pretty immediately, which is always interesting when you get that late into the draft. What about you, Dave? All right, so I'm going to say, uh, so I've been pretty harsh on you tonight, Todd. A lot of banter, you know, taking jabs at you when I could. Some of it backfired on me, some have landed. Uh, But I'm going to say something nice about you is that I regret at times trading away all of my later draft capital because you just got to manipulate the entire second half of this draft. Without me, you know, to keep you in check here because for the you record, killed the second. I traded back in to get those draft capital. I know, I, and I couldn't do. It. I didn't have the things to uh, to uh, compete with you for these, and you crushed the second half of this draft. And Quintus, or not Quintus Cephas, uh, Quez Watkins, as your fourth round pick. That's I. I think there's only two players going the fourth round that I even want my team. It's Quez Watkins and Tyler Johnson. I don't even think he goes in the fourth round a lot, so that might be a some really good value in this. So if I don't want anyone else on my team that went in the fourth round, I think these, all these other guys are cuttable. I, I that's everyone talks about how deep this draft is. And I agree. There's some great talent in the third round, but the fourth round, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. With, with that pick, I actually was going for Breen. Um, I really like the idea of him being with the jets. Um, with, you know, Le'Veon's the only guy there. I thought he there was like some sort. He like he went to pick before me. I also like Duvernay and Tyler Johnson too. Those are like the picks that went in order. So my fourth, I was like I could always land on Watkins, and that's who I got. And um, we have a Philly fan in the league, so maybe he'll get him. So um, so yeah, no, I mean, so that was our draft, um, guys. So let's finish it this way. What was the best pick of the draft? Sean overall um I think I still I gotta go early it's it's 10 or 11 with Lamb or Judy that value is just unreal neither of them should have been there that late I'm glad I got one of them I wish I had the other one 
Um, Dave? I'm going to be a homer on this one, and it's Jonathan Taylor. I don't care what you guys say. And we didn't talk about this at all in the first episode uh, of this of this series, but Sean, at the end of our, I think it was the end of our wide receiver episode, it might have been the outtakes. People didn't might not have caught all of it. Sean said, oh, Dave, Jonathan Taylor might not go, be there at 102 for you. And that bothered me for freaking three weeks. Good. Uh, I hope I, I tried to say, like, oh, no big deal. I'll take whatever running back's there, whatever. But it hurt for three weeks. Uh, and it bothered me all through draft day. I was prepping. I was incredibly busy at work. And then I had all kinds of stuff to wrap up. And I just, and then Hannon finally told me at like 8.15 and I could take a sigh of relief of who I was taking, of that tail was there. And then just, I didn't, I didn't care what happened the rest of the night. Like, you know, the internet, like the draft, we, we had technical duties, but it didn't matter. Jonathan Taylor, he's my guy. I've been hyping him up for months to finally land him. Come to pop. Oh, thank you. Welcome to the squad. I'm glad to know that, Dave. I can just picture you for those three weeks, like, staring at your nails. Yeah. Yeah. Into the emptiness. Before you and inside. My drizzly driver appreciated that extra bottle of gin that you made me drink, so. Hey, I'm just stimulating the economy. Yep. So, for me, um, I would say that Wayne was the best pick of the draft, but my number two pick for that would be Jordan Love at 212. And then I'd probably go with Judy with me next at third. Then I think A.J. Dillon at uh, 207. Those are by far my best value picks. Um, and then I'd probably go Herbert as my fifth, so at the 108. But Lamb at 110 was unbelievable and infuriating. So... Like, the fact that I got Jerry Judy 111 was, like, so exciting. But, like, C.D. Lamb going at 110. Like, if C.D. Lamb went, like, 109 to to Jared and Sean didn't get C.D. Lamb one pick in front of me, I would have enjoyed Judy so much more. So much more. Good. That was something that Good. will stay with me for a while. But um, We've really pumped Sean up, Todd, with how much real estate he's getting in our heads here, so... No, I don't care. He's not going to win next year, but he won the draft. Congratulations. You you won the, the, the little one. So, um... Todd, that's just so short-sighted of you. Psychologically torturing somebody is the ultimate endgame. You have, you have a one-year trophy? That's it? I Excuse me. I have, like, two trophies in this league in a row. So, if you want to, like, win head games, go play your little games. I'll focus on the championship, buddy. All right? You go play your head games, all right? They're more fun. <laughs> all right, Dave, we're tell them where they can find you, man. So you can find me at FF underscore Spaceman. Uh, on Twitter, I write for Dynasty Football Factory. Sean and I are doing some UDFA roundups where uh, we some of our leftover wide receivers from the draft who we want to talk about still. We wrote up, I think, about four or five articles each. Those are starting to drop. Uh, mine was an Aaron Parker article. Of course, I want to talk more Aaron Parker. Also, I'll say it again, pump for SFF, SFBX, uh, Scott Fishbowl, I'm excited, and also check out My Dynasty Diary, my episode with Eric Flynn was a lot of fun, so yeah, guys. What about you, Sean, where are they going to find you, man? Yeah, I'm on Twitter over at FFWalrus, I mean, also, like Dave said, at Dynasty Football Factory, uh, pumping out those UDFA articles, and 
taking a look at some bigger UDFA implications, the historical impact of that, trying to use Dave's spreadsheets to help me out there, but I think I need to buy a projector and an Alaskan king-size bed sheet to just get the thing on the side of my house so I can actually look at it. <laughs> Dave has put so much in it that trying to do it on a computer screen is overwhelming and it's crashing my old computer. That is barely That's hanging on. So I am at FF underscore banterman. You will find my writings on the Dynasty Fantasy Digest. You should also look into the IDP guys, your premier IDP resource. Um, gentlemen, had a lot of fun. Next week, uh, we'll come out with you something a little fun, maybe a little pilot, maybe a little something a little different. We'll see what's going on. But until next time, happy trading. So, Sean, after uh, the outtakes, you know, I was talking with Eric. One of my the more funny parts of our, the podcast I did with him was is he really enjoys how you work for a different website every week. Yeah. So, like, that it's Dynasty Blog. Like, just the different websites you write for are pretty amazing. You know what it is? It's like, is the oven on? It's that same dance in my brain of like, yeah, this is what it is. But then I'm like, no, because that's probably what I thought it was the other time. So this is wrong. So it must be the other thing. And I'll just never do it. Banter. 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 There you go.